to speak to us, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel such an honor to be around all of these women that are so anointed, such an anointing. But uh, I, so, uh, she asked me yesterday, and um, you know, in season and out of season, just to share for five or ten minutes. But when you know, when we have God's word and we're in God's word, that should not be difficult. <laughs> but I'm not going to say it didn't feel a little difficult. But just um, the I I really was praying about it. Yesterday, before I left here, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to talk about the armor of God because that's a real comfortable subject for me. But the Lord woke me up this morning and he told me uh, to share count it all joy. So, which we read in James chapter one, verse two, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And I mean, I don't think any of us really appreciate trials, but as Christian people, we're certainly not, we do not escape trials. Matter of fact, I think when we start walking with the Lord, they become more intense and more often because the enemy of our soul wants to kill and steal and destroy us, and he does not want us doing kingdom business. As long as we're not doing anything for the Lord, we're not really a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But count it all joy. When we count it all joy, when we face a trial, then we become more mature in our walk with the Lord. And none of us want to remain babies. We want to be mature. We want to be able to help others. And when we endure a trial, just as um, we've been hearing through all of this, we then have the experience to help someone who's going through that very same thing. And uh, scripture that I have in Isaiah, which is 26.3, which you shared last night, I have on my bulletin board, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth on thee. And when we trust the Lord and we, the, my, my foundational scriptures, when I first got born again, uh, we had a prophet that came into our church and he was going around and he was talking to everybody and giving them lavish words about their future and their ministries. And he walked up to my husband and I, and he just pointed at us and he said, Proverbs three, five, and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all that you do, and he will direct your paths. Well, we were brand new Christians, and we were like, well, we don't get a word about our future. Like, excuse me? <laughs> I mean, trust in the Lord and not lean on your own understanding. That became the foundational scripture of our life. I mean, we began to pray that all the time. And so many, many times as women with our husbands, um, you may like start to complain about something that's going on. Um, like, wait a minute, you know, the schedule just all changed up. And anyone that knows me very well knows I'm an extremely scheduled person. I like to have a plan. I like to have a schedule. I like to know what's going on. As long as I do, then I'm really, really good to go. And uh, many times things change. And my husband say, wait, stop, hold up, stop complaining. Remember what we prayed this morning. Lean on, uh, on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all that you do, and he will direct your paths. 
there may be something about uh, this other path that as Rochelle shared, maybe it's a protection uh, from something that we would do that would uh, be a very large mistake. So anyway, that's that's the scripture that I uh, go to. And Isaiah 26, 3, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. This is just the amplified, the, the scripture I had said before. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both his inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So when we do that, the Lord is going to give us the peace that we all desire in every circumstance we face. I've been serving the Lord for 33 years. You heard yesterday about my son. Um, he has a disease called Huntington's disease. We did never even hear of Huntington's disease until he was uh, diagnosed in the very end of 2013. That diagnosis explained our entire life history with that, that, that young man. He had lots and lots of compulsive issues. He had behavior issues. He had cognitive issues. And this is all before he had symptoms. So we pretty much booted him out at 18. You think you know it all? Then you can go live the tough love life and figure it out. He went to prison. He had uh, a, a very rough life until he was in prison, and he called and asked me if I would help him to get his life back in order. And I went to get him and was horrified at his physical condition. Um, there was evidently something wrong. At first, I thought he had just got, gotten beat up and had a brain damage. It took two years to get a diagnosis of what was wrong with him. But all I can say is just count it all joy because in the ride there are so many things there's so many things and that that have happened and we all have our stories and I want to just encourage you one other thing that the Lord has spoken to me recently and he said share your God stories share our God stories we've been hearing about writing books I'm ashamed to say this 15 years ago I had a prophetic word I was to write a book and I didn't do it. And I don't want to be in that grave without that book written. So I got her cards, and I'm going to plan on writing the book. But anyway, I just want to encourage you all how, how and what, just one more thing. I could go on and on, and I, that's why I'm trying to be mindful of time, because I don't even know how much time. But um, there are ways to stay in that joy, and that is surround yourself with God's word. And every day I do decrees. And the decrees for Lord, I'm going to, uh, for joy, I'm just going to quickly go through them. Each one is scripturally based. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God has granted me, granted to me light, gladness, joy, and honor. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. I dwell in his presence. I will always experience joy in the Lord because I trust in him. Joy comes in the morning when I go through difficult and dark night seasons in my life. When I am saddened or discouraged, the Lord restores the joy of my salvation. God's desire for me is that my life is filled with joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and is being produced in my life by his presence. 
I count it all joy when I face testings, temptations, trials, because God will produce wonderful things in me as I endure and overcome. I rejoice in the Lord with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Count it all joy. Let me ask you something. Do you have those um, declarations typed up? Oh, that's cool. Okay. I think those are great declarations for us to have. So maybe let's check with her, see if she can type them up for us and send them to us, and we'll put it on the the uh, Unlocked Facebook page, and you can get it from there. That'd be great declarations for us to say every day. Amen? Thank you for sharing. And I know that some of you were not here yesterday, but I just want to throw out the prayer request about her son. Um, the doctors are wanting to put him on a feeding tube, but he doesn't want that. He's lost how much weight is he just? <clears throat> 138. And he's, he's cognitive, and he does not want to be on a feeding tube, but therefore he keeps losing weight. And so there's, there's a lot of challenges there. And I can't imagine the, the, the toll that takes on a mom. So when you think of it, his name is Morgan, pray for Morgan. And then also pray for, uh, Kathy because it's a, it's a heavy, heavy load. Um, and yes, ma'am. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Phyllis is new to our ministry. We absolutely love her. She's a former, former minister's wife. Her husband um, was unfaithful and she ended up being homeless for a period of time and she moved to New Orleans. She was homeless, living in a car part of the time and living in homeless shelters. She's married now for six years, and she five or six years, and just had an anniversary. And she has a ministry to the homeless, and her work that God has given her, her full-time employment, is for the homeless. God put her there, and that's her passion, because she went there, and she relates to that. And she's now preaching on the streets in New Orleans, and so she's awesome. And so we love her, and we're glad to have her in our life. What a story, what a story that God has, has wrought in and through her life. And uh, Kimberly? Oh, wow. Following this, we're going to take a quick group photo because some of the people have to leave before we conclude our afternoon. We want everybody in the picture, okay? All right. I hope you enjoyed that lunch. Yeah. It wasn't it amazing? Very good. So this next guest that I'm going to introduce, I'm going to briefly tell you about her and what she did um, in terms of, of my life. I wasn't married yet. I'm still not married yet. However, she causes me to look forward to it because of all of the testimonies and the, the uh, messages and just the, the services that she gives us on um, having a marriage and the struggles of it and what to do. There are two books that she recommended.
And I'm going to tell you about those books that I actually got and I read them time and time. It is um, Love Languages, The Five Love Languages. And the one about um, a man needs respect, a woman needs love. So get those two books. But I want to introduce the love guru. <laughs> she saved my marriage before I had one. Miss <laughs> Trudy Hurley. <laughs> to know that, to realize, to come to the realization that you're a one-trick pony, you know? <laughs> I, you know, every time I start to speak, I, I'm, I'm going to do something different this time, you know? It's either marriage or joy every single time, right? <laughs> it's like all I know. And I, I want to show you that I am a deeper Christian and that I have studied and da-da-da, you know? I mean, I'm in this game 30 years. I should know more by now. But every time, so, so I sit down. So Beverly says, can you say a couple of words? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I sit down to the computer, and I start to, that, 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 you know, okay, Lord, impress on me what I am going to say today. And so, and nothing. I feel nothing, you know. And so I said, okay, well, um, what, what, what would get people, what would make me popular? Yeah. How about prosperity? Prosperity is always good. Everybody loves that. I'd get all kind of amens. I could talk about abundance and everybody get all keyed up and everybody loves that. You can't go wrong with an abundance message, right? So I thought that's what I'll do, you know? So here I go. And I start, you know, dry as dirt. Just nothing. I didn't, you know, eh, nah. All right, forget abundance, you know, delete, 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 delete. Okay, what's up? Oh, how about lust? Hey, there's <laughs> There's a good one. Let's kick up some dirt in Gonzalez, boy. These, they're all women. They're going to love it. Everybody loves to talk about sex. Let's do lust, you know. You know, and I'm starting to go Nothing. Dry as dirt. So just at that moment, and seriously, I'm not a person to ever say, and the Lord spoke to me and said, but, you know, I, ju I, I do feel like that happens to some people, and I wish I was that person. And, like, maybe he does, and may but maybe I'm just not reading it. I just always think it's self. You know, maybe that's the good part of me, just being a Whatever. But I don't get those audible, you know, Trudy, go say so-and-so. Yeah, I just don't, you know. I wish I did, but I don't someday. And maybe if I was closer to the Lord, I would. Anyway, so, but there I sit, you know, at my computer, and the phone rings, Okay. Seriously, like seconds after I just deleted the lust thing, the phone rings. And so I pick up the phone, and it's a good, close, dear, dear friend of mine that we used to see each other constantly. You met her. And now we still adore one another, but we don't see each other that much anymore because our kids are growing, blah, blah, blah. She struggles terribly with severe, severe depression. She's bipolar. She's a mess, you know? And so whenever she's in that super dark place, putting, 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 dirty, 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 you know. So she calls me because she knows I've dealt with it my whole life. Not me personally, I'll tell you that in a minute, but she knows I know where I know where she is. And so she tells, so these are her words to me. So we do like 30 seconds of niceties. How you been? How's the kids? And then she says, Trudy, I, I just needed to hear your voice. I needed to call you. I'm in a super, super dark place right now. And I know you understand, we've had this conversation 30 times, but I need to hear it again. I need you to tell me what's wrong with the way I'm thinking. Tell me how I'm supposed to be thinking. 
And so, you know, uh, you know, okay, God, I feel a relief. Thank you so much. You know, okay, click. And now I sit at my computer again. I go, okay, so we're back to that one, are we? Back to joy. Back to joy. Joy is, so you say, well, what does joy have to do with, you know, unlocked? Everything. Joy is everything. Joy is, if, if Nehemiah said the, 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 Joy, what? The joy, joy. like literally it's my creed and I can't remember it up here. Um, The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's one of those things that jumped out to me 30 years ago. And as you said, I've stood on it ever since. It gets me through everything. It's all I speak on. It's all I believe in. It's the base or the foundation of my life, of everyone's life. And because if you don't have joy, and so there goes your strength, so now you're weak, and if you're weak, then the devil has a a heyday. Then you are susceptible to anything he throws your way because you're weak, and he goes after the weak. So if we want to be strong and resist the devil and be an overcomer, we've got to practice joy. We've got to choose joy okay so oh that's their message oh joy that's awesome you know so joy joy is the key is joy the key no you're no joy is the phenomenal phenomenal um outcome or baby of the key what is the key what's the key trudy tell me the key we're always looking for the key right we're all that's why we come to church over and over that's why we come to conferences that's why we run to the to the pastor's office that's why we go see prophets oh because the prophet's gonna know the prophet's gonna give me a word and that's gonna be the key to the rest of my life and then i'll be happy you know what is the we're always searching for that magic formula today i'm going to tell you the magic formula of life, okay? The key to it all is gratefulness. The, oh, my God, that's too simple. It's got to be more difficult than that, you know? No, it's not. It's, okay, so that's it. I just, well, I'm grateful. Thank you, Jesus. I say that all the time, so I'm grateful. No, you're not. If you were grateful, I promise you'd be an overcomer every single day. I promise. So I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to help you. And I'm going to teach you a little, a little sneaky way to become grateful. You can be thankful and you can say you're grateful. But gratefulness is not just a, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I do. I appreciate blah, 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 you know, And say something before you pray so you just don't sound like a whiner. you know. No, gratefulness is a daily mindset. Okay, so let me skip. So, th- so you say, like I-, I say, we all say, we don't, I don't want to hear from somebody who hadn't been through it, you know? That's why I can talk on marriage, because I've been to hell and back, okay? So, so you know I'm, t- I'm telling you what I know, and that's why it's meaningful, and that's why it comes out good, because I've been there, I can talk about it. I am, I am authorized to talk about it. I am an authorized talker on marriage. So, but Trudy, you don't deal with depression. You've never suffered from it. You don't know what it is. You, you, you have, so I'm not listening to you. I'm going to tune you out because you have no authority to tell me about depression if you've never dealt with it. Oh, yes, I have. My dearly departed mother, who, as most of you in this room know, we were like this. 
I adored her. She adored me. We were best friends forever. Loved her. Devoted my life to her. Took care of her when she got to everything. Okay, okay? She was so good to me. I was so good. To, we were like this. Everything perfect. She, she battled with severe depression like you have never known. And a lot of people didn't know because she was very proud, pride, very pride, and didn't let people know that part of her because she thought it would people would let would lessen you know her in their eyes. So she went to the grave with very few people knowing how severe and crippling her depression was. So then I then you say, well, Trudy, you shouldn't talk ill of the dead. That's your mother. And if people thought those wonderful things about her, you need to let that rest. You know, I don't believe that. I believe that when she got up to heaven. And she finally was free of all that depression and anxiety that she suffered her whole life. I believe she looked down and said, it's okay for you to share now. <laughs> because maybe that'll, I didn't help people. I could have helped people. I could have, this is her talking. I could have helped people. I could have helped people's, people break those chains of depression in their life by telling them my story, you know? But I didn't. So now you do it, Trudy, you know? So that's what I'm doing. Okay, so, um, okay, so, so, okay, so, see, see, Lucille, I love her so much. Beverly's mother is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and she was married to the greatest man that ever lived. So, as the late, great Marvin Gorman told me very, very, very long time ago when I first got saved, and this impacted my life forever and ever and ever. And, and has everything to do with what I'm saying. Um, Trudy, you can't be or two things at the same time. It's like oil and water. There are physical nature, you know, physical properties of nature. If I drop this microphone, it's going to fall. That's called gravity. There are, that, those are, that are laws of nature. There are laws in the spiritual world that you can't argue with. You can't, it is what it is. And one of them is you can't be two things at one time, just like oil and water. It's not going to happen. You can't love and hate. They're, they're, it's just not going to happen. You can't be two things at one time. So you cannot be depressed, angry, bitter, and grateful at the same time. So if you practice gratefulness and get it into your soul and get it into your mindset daily, daily, you can't be depressed, angry, bitter. So you say, well, why, if you know all that, why couldn't you counsel your mother? It seems such a simple explanation. Why couldn't you help her? She went to, okay, so for, this is how deep her depression was. From the time I was a toddler, she, before she became a Christian, she went to a psychiatrist's office. Most people that deal in, that go to see a shrink, you know, they go once a week, you know, maybe, maybe once a month, once a week, once every two weeks, you know. She went every single day from the time I was born to, well, my, my, they, my parents divorced when I was one years old. So from the time I was one until the time she became a Christian when I was like to 17, 18, whatever. To the shrink's office every single, can you imagine the money? Oh my God. So, it, then when she, uh, when she became a Christian, and she did get better she, because she became a fighter, you know, but she still struggled with it every single day. And she went to see Marvin Gorman for counseling every single 
day. It went on forever. And you're like, what is wrong with that woman? Well, okay, so this is, I'm going to tell you. Many times, I can tell you this, and then you'll, and you go, I'm going to be grateful. That's what I'm going to do, you know. I want to be that person. And then you walk out of here, and then you go right back to your old mindset. So it's so hard. Why? Why is it so hard for us to change those mindsets? Well, because, unfortunately, you've been dealing with that stuff since you were a little kid, and it's become ingrained yeah. in you. So, man, those stuff, that stuff that you experienced as a child stays in you forever. And it becomes a daily struggle. Like Paul says, I die daily. You've just got to work on it every day, all day. And maybe forever. My mom worked on it forever and never, ever got free of it. I was so just, I prayed every day before the day she died. Let her just have two months left on this earth. Let her be free of it. And she never could let go of the things that happened to her when she was a child. Okay, so she had a horrible childhood. She had um, a severe, severe alcoholic as a mother and an abusive father. And so she never learned to trust an adult figure. She never learned to trust a man. She couldn't trust her father because he was abusive. So she never had that trust, that love. She never felt that he truly loved her, her daughter, his daughter. So when she, so, which happens to so many of us that go through that, right? Then when you grow up and there's now you're supposed to have this relationship with God. Well, na it's natural to associate our relationship right. with God with our parents. Right. So now we've got this huge distrust thing that we have with either our mother or our father. And we're supposed to be, oh, I trust the Lord. I know he loves me. Seriously? If you've never felt that relationship on earth, do you know how hard that is to feel it from your heavenly father? And you can say, oh, I love the Lord, and I know he loves me. But do you really? Right. Do you really? Because you wouldn't be struggling with half the things that we struggle with right. if you really did trust him completely. Right. But That's we good. hold on to those old hurts, and we can't let them go. And so we always have that little mistrust in the Lord. Does he really love me? I mean, yeah, I know what he does for other people, but does he really love me? Am I really worthy enough for those blessings that, that I pray for? Am I? Because I wasn't worthy of my parents' love. So am I worthy of God's love? Well, with that distrust and that anxiety for God, you know, you'll never break through. And that's what happened to my poor mother. She couldn't ever let go of what happened to her as a kid. So she, no matter how many times Lucille told her, no matter how many times Marvin Gorman told her, God loves you, Mary Helen. God loves you. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Lucille. <laughs> Virginia, her name is Virginia Lucille, and for some reason, well, I'm sorry, Lucy, my friend Lucy. Um, but no matter how many times that Brother Ms. Gorman told her, God loves you, God loves you, for 30 years they told her this, and it just never, it never sunk in here. More head knowledge than anybody, more books read, more tapes listened to, more trips gone on. More famous, famous pe preachers, you know, sat under. No one, no one had more that she did, experiences like that. So she had all the head knowledge. And in fact, she could tell you how to live your life. She could give advice and you would go away a better person. Yeah. But she didn't implement it into her own life ever. She died sad and depressed and anxious and fearful. I mean, that's so sad. It's so sad. And so many of us struggle with stuff for years. 
And we think, oh, I'm never going to get free. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it all comes back. The key is gratefulness. So that's why, because of things, there's three reasons. It's the things we experience as a child. The, the second reason is the devil doesn't want you to succeed. That's his main thing in life is to keep you weak, to keep you struggling. I, I hate to say this. Now, she did do so much and bless so many. So I know she aggravated God many, 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 I mean, aggravated the devil many, many times. But I hate to say the devil had his victory a little bit with her, you know? I mean, she went, she was saved and she went to heaven and so that's all that counts. But what I'm saying is he got a lot of bonus points, the devil, for her, you know, because he kept her anxious and depressed. So he ne she never felt that freedom, that glorious freedom that you know when you know God loves you and wants the best for your life. She never felt that. So the devil won a little bit there, and that's so sad for someone who gave so much and was so, so blessed, you know? And I, so anyway, the reason why I know so much about and why I feel enough to say that I can talk on this is because I lived with her night and day forever, okay? And then when she got sick, so here you have a severely depressed person. Now give them bone cancer, you know? So throw that on them. Boy, now we're having fun. So my cheerleading days went from, you know, every other day to every single day. And then Lucy and, and Brother Gorman moved to Branson, Alabama. Thank, I mean, Branson, Arkansas. Thank you very much. Missouri, Missouri. So it was all on me. So every day, all day, it was, Trudy, I need a pep talk, Trudy, you know. Well, it's like a wet wool blanket. I mean, being a depressed person is a horrible thing, but living right next to one is really, really tough, too. Because guess what? I have a family and children and a husband and, I, and a job, and so I have to tap dance all the time because I'm a happy person, and i got to keep all these other people happy, you know. Raise your hand. How many of you ever have cried in the shower? It's the best place to cry, Okay. Yeah. So I'm tap dancing all the time, keeping everybody happy. Every, life is good. Life is great. Da, 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 you know, and I would go in the shower, and I would turn on the hot water. Oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. I would cry and cry. And it's so great because you don't have to you come out red-faced because you've been in the hot shower, you know? Right. Just a hot shower. I'm fine, you know? I'm crying in the shower every night. Lord, I really don't know. I really am not sure. How many of you said that? I'm not sure if I can take any more. Literally, I don't know if I can take another 24 hours of this. I'm telling you, I can't take it, you know? I need a break. I need something. You got to lift something here, you know? Right. Anyway, so, so, but that's where, so that's the devil. The devil loves to keep us there, and he's going to fight you every day, all day, because that's his victory. If he can steal your joy, he's got you weak. Because if, again, if your strength comes from joy, then guess what? If you don't have, if he can steal your joy, then he keeps you weak. And what good are you to anybody? You can't be an encourager when you're weak. You can't be the happy mom when you're weak. You can't be the giving wife when you're weak. You can't be the, the, um, the encourager you are to your fellow Christians, you know. And you can't be the example. And you can't feel great about yourself because you know people know what you're going through, you know. So all those things he steals from you when he steals your joy. Ooh, I hate him. <laughs> Lastly, okay, three things. Your parents and what you went through as a kid. The devil loves to... <laughs> And lastly, it's the fact that um, the world, we live in the world. And every day, all day, we're dealing with the world's mindset. And the world is telling you, 
you are, you, you are going through too much. This is too much for you to handle. I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you do it. You deserve to have a couple of drinks with dinner. You deserve that Xanax or two. You know, go ahead. That's how we deal with things. If that's what you need in your life to help you get through, that's okay. Well, talk about a slippery slope, you know? So everything the world says is going to be okay to get you through. The world is pounding that to you. It's okay. You know what? No one could get you through that bad marriage. Your husband is awful. You can rationalize anything, okay, with the devil. You and the devil can rationalize anything. So I deserve to be happy. And I am not, this man is not making me happy. He's not giving me what I need. So I deserve this affair, you know. Oh, now I'm happy. I have someone who's given me this new lease on life. It's, it's, it's just another lie of the devil. Those are all lies. But the world says that's okay if it gets you through. That's okay. Do it. Go ahead, do it. So you got to fight against the world every day, all day. Even simple stuff. The world is, is beats us up about everything, you know. You need to be, you don't need anybody. You need to be strong. And you do need people. You need people. You need God. You, you don't need dependent. Dependent means you're weak, you know. What, what greater strength is there to be dependent on God? Dependent on your fellow Christians, you know. What the world just tells you the opposite of every principle of God. And you live in the world so much, because we all do, that you can't even see it anymore because you're living in the world, working in the world, doing the world thing. And then here's your Bible, you know, 20 minutes a day, you know? So how are you supposed to keep that mindset? It's a struggle all day, every day. So, okay, now this is a weird thing, but this is so true. So I'm talking to my, uh, my mother, and then I'm talking to the friend that called when I was doing this, you know, the message. And, and she says, um, and she talks about that dark place, you know? That dark place is, a, is, is, I saw it with my mom every day. It starts like a slippery slope, and it's a spiral. It just starts with being sad, and you feel like, you know, look at everything Denise has been through. I deserve to be a little sad. I deserve to get in the shower and cry. I deserve to be a little sad. And then that adds to more sadness and more sadness. And you better get out of that before it's too late because now you're in that spiral. Now you start spiraling down and you start rationalizing your sadness. Well, now you're in depression. Now you're at the bottom of the pit and it's going to take you that much longer to get out of that slippery slope because you let yourself feel depressed because you felt like you deserved it, you know? Well, you don't deserve it, you know? Have a cry in the shower, knock yourself out, but then you got to pick yourself up again. And so you say to yourself, Trudy, well, how am I supposed to pick myself up again? I'm glad you asked. So, okay, so wait, to go back to that for one second. So it's weird to, I would say, and she said this to me, my friend on the phone, you know, and I say, you got to get out, don't da da da, you know, and she goes, you know, it's so strange, but I feel, I've been this way so long, it's what I know. And that's what I experienced with my mom. It's all she knew was to be depressed. So for some weird, twisted reason, she felt comfortable there. She was more anxious to be free and be happy. She couldn't handle free and happy because she didn't know it. She didn't grow up with it. It was, it was a stretch. It was nervous. That made her anxious to be happy. I'm like, I don't get that. You can be free. Just let go. No, 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 no. I'm, this is what I know. I'm comforting. I like licking my wounds. I like staying here. I like people to feel sorry for me. I like to whine. It gives me comfort. People give me attention this way. This is where I'm happy. You know, I'm not happy, but this is where I'm content. 
oh my God, I like couldn't understand that mindset, but it's so true. And my friend echoed it. And she said, it's all I know. It, I feel like at least I almost have control when I'm sad because I know it so well. Wow. It's a comfort to me. The darkness is almost a comfort wow. to me. And all I would say was, girl, fight it, fight it, fight it. And she'd go, oh, no, but it, I, I'm here. I'm, it's okay. I'm just going to retreat into that darkness because I'm comfortable. I know it. So it is something we have to fight out and fight against every single day. The only thing I can easily equate it to not ever really dealing with depression myself is Haagen-Dazs chocolate chocolate chip. <laughs> so, I mean, I am dead serious when I say this. So I have struggled, my, you know, my yo-yo dieter, you know, 30 pounds up, 30 pounds down, 30 pounds up, 30 pounds down. And so, and I know the freedom and the happiness and the confidence that comes with being really thin and I know the depression or the sadness or the shame that comes with being chunky, you know? And so, and I, and so I say to myself, uh, what is wrong with me that I can't just not eat the haagen What is that? And yet when I get the least bit sad or stressed out, I deserve that haagen And I eat the whole pint knowing, well knowing, that I'm going to be so mad at myself and so aggravated and, and 3,000 calories later. And, and, and I finish and I say, okay, this, and I know I'm making fun, but I'm so serious. I hate myself after I finish the hug and dies. It didn't make me feel better. It made me feel worse. It made me feel better for 60 seconds. And now I feel worse. And that's how that slippery slope works. You, you know, be sad. I'm in depression. I need to go talk to the counselor. And no, 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 you know, not that I'm going to do anything about what she says, but I need to go talk to her anyway, and just, and just whine and whine and whine because that makes me feel better. And they pet me and they tell me, you know, they pray over me. And I, but I'm not going to really fight or do anything hard to change it because you know that I like it here. I like people feeling sorry for me because I'm depressed, you know. And so that's me and the Hagen does. And then you finish, and now you're even more depressed. So. So as hard as it is for me to keep going past and dies, I look at it and I know, old friend, <laughs> I know you're bad for me, so I'm going to resist you and I'm not going to get you today. And then I feel okay. And those little tiny steps that I take to resist the and dies every day make me a better, thinner, happier Trudy. Okay. <laughs> so... In that comfort, I remember, does any, y'all, you, know, you remember, remember sweet, precious Daisy Perkins? Yeah. Oh, my God, I loved her so much. She was this precious old woman in the church, and, and she loved me for some reason, and I would take her to go buy her groceries, and then she would come back to the house as, as my reward. She would make me some dinner, that garlic chicken that night, blah, blah, blah. She was, she was awesome. So one day she told me this story, and it stuck with me too forever, and it's kind of that same illustration. She said there's a man in the river, and the river is, is torrential. And the man is getting beaten up, beaten up, and he's holding on to this slippery, cragged, nasty rock. And he's holding on for dear life. And, and as he's holding on to the rock, the waves keep crashing against him. And every time the waves crash him against the rock, he gets cut even more and more cut, and he's bloody, and he's miserable, and he's miserable, but he won't let go of the rock because he knows the rock. He's miserable, but he's secure in the rock. Even though it's bad for him, even though he's miserable, even though he's getting beat up, 
even though he, all he has to do is let go of the rock. But, but there's a mystery. Of it. He doesn't know what there. He's not comfortable with that because he doesn't know what's right beyond the rock. What if? Now, only God can see him in the river and the rock. And God sees, oh, my gosh, if he would just let go and let me, right around that bend, all of a sudden the water gets calm and there's this beautiful sandy beach and he could rest and recover. But he doesn't know that because all he sees is the torment of the river right here. So he holds on to something that's horrible for him because he knows it, and he doesn't want to let go, and he doesn't want to let God. And that's us. You know, we know the miserable. We're comfort in the mis- comforted in the miserable. Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So now I have to give you a biblical reference because <laughs> this is a church event. There's Dan, the, in the, in the, okay, I'm a children's church teacher, so these are like Daniel in the lion's den, okay? Because that's all I know. That's as deep as my ministry ever gets. So there's D- Daniel in the lion's den. You pray that something, look, it's about to happen. Well, who, poor Daniel. Daniel did the right thing. Daniel wasn't, then there's Jonah, right? Jo- Jonah and the whale, okay? Jonah was a little rebellious rat, you know? So he deserved to get swallowed up by the rail. Poor Daniel. <laughs> Daniel did the right thing. Daniel did, went to prayed. He did against with the Babylonians, blah, blah, blah. So he was doing the right thing, and he still got thrown in the line. You can be doing the right thing and still go through miserable situations, you know? But God has a plan. So, so and okay, now we go to Jonah. Jonah and the whale, swallowed up by darkness and depression. Don't know what to do, don't know what to do. Three days later... Darkness and depression. Three days later, finally, hey, like like uh, Rochelle said, you know, then it don't, well, now I'll pray. So he prayed and he thanked God. He didn't pray, get me out of here. I'm sure for three days he was, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. On the third day, he said, thank you, Lord. I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Thank you for blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, that whale spit him out. Let's go to Jesus. Poor Jesus. Jesus was exhausted before the feeding of the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes, you know. He, he was grieving still from, from John the Baptist, his cousin's death. He was tired and exhausted. How many of us have been tired and exhausted? We just want a break. And here it comes again, you know. And, and, and he lifted his hands to the Lord and gave thanks. And with those thanks came provision for 5,000 people. He changed the lives of 5,000-plus people that day because he lifted in his, in his exhaustion and his grief. He still got it enough to give thanks. And all those people were provided for. Okay, so now we get to the how do I do it part of the message. So the um, yesterday, no, Wednesday, I was at this fabric shop on Magazine Street, and I go in, and there is um, the woman that owns it is behind the cashier, and then here's the lady at the at the you know, at her desk, and so I am fiddling around waiting for them to do their thing so I could tell talk to the lady, and the lady on this side says to the cashier slash owner of the shop, you know, um, as she's as she's getting ready to leave. I just want to let you know, this is the second time I've been in the shop, and every time I come in, you are so kind to me. You take so much time. You explain. You, you know, I really, really appreciate you and appreciate the service that you always provide for me, you know? And it melted that shop owner. 
you could just see it in her, you know, where she had been kind of grimacing before. All of a sudden, this whole new look came over her face. And she was like, oh my gosh, I appreciate that so much. If you knew the phone calls I've been on this morning. I mean, as you know, with COVID, everything's backed up, fray, blah, blah, you know. So she had been 20 people calling her that morning, yelling at her for orders that hadn't come in, like it's her fault, and blah, blah, blah. Bark, 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 bark. And she was like, I've had so many people being ugly. That makes my day. Okay, it was like two sentences that lady said to her, you know? So it didn't just help the, the shop owner, you know, and it made her day. But the lady that walked out the shop, I mean, had it, when she responded in that way, oh, my God, you made my day. Now that lady walked out feeling, you know, I made an impact on someone. My words of encouragement actually changed someone's day. I feel good about myself. So that lifted her spirits. So with one sentence, two people were moved and elevated, you know, as they should be. So that's the kind of stuff we need to do. Oh, I'm not comfortable doing that kind of stuff, you know. I'm not just, I'm not one of those people like you, Trudy. You know, I'm not an extrovert. I can't just, you know, say stuff to people like that, you know. Well, you better try. <laughs> You're going to become that person. You are going to become that person. That is your homework assignment. And, we're, and this is how we're going to do it. So you have to force yourself. Just like I said, we, we live in the world. We live in the world. We, you know, and it's easy to follow the world's way. That's not the world's way. The world's way is be mad because you have a right to be mad because you had a really crummy day, you know? And so, and keep to yourself. Keep to yourself, you know? Let that person deal with their... That's the world's way. We have to step outside of that if we're ever going to see breakthrough. You don't want to see breakthrough. You're happy with things just as they are. Keep doing what you're doing, okay? You want things to change. You want to see joy and freedom and no depression, no anxiety in your life. That seems so unreal. It's easy. I promise you can do it. Just put this stuff to practice, okay? So this is your homework assignment. The first thing is, and even if you don't struggle with the blues or depression or anything, even if you don't, everybody in this room needs to be an encourager. An encourager, if you die today and someone says about you at your funeral, they were an encourager. That's the greatest word that label that anybody could ever put on you. There is nothing like an encourager. You lift people up. You do something that God does. You're not a downer. I want people to say when I'm not in the room, ah, she's so much fun. I love Trudy. I love being around her, right? Don't you want people to say that about you? You don't want people to say, oh, my God, they're just, like, always uptight, or, oh, my God, they're just a taker. They All they do is take, you know, and... I'm just emotionally drained when I leave them. Or, or I mean, crabby. She is always so crabby, you know. I don't want my kids to grow old and move out of the house and not want to come back. I want them to love to come visit me. I want my grandchildren to, oh, let's go to Granny's house. This is going to be so much fun, you know. Don't you want that? That's what you want. That's what we all want. Well, you've got to be an encourager. That's the life of an encourager. And you say, well, I'm not an encourager by nature. I need encouragement. Guess what? To, to be a friend, to, to have a friend, you've heard that saying? you got to be a friend. Let me tell you, to be, to be encouraged, you got to be an encourager. That's what faith is all about. It's stepping out in something that you're not comfortable with. It's stepping out in something that you don't really know so much, that you're not, it's not your world, but it's going to make the world of difference in your life, okay? An encourager. So 
so here's my three things. Here's your three little pieces of homework. When you start that feeling, that feeling of getting depressed or stressed or bitter or angry or whatever those bad things that you deal with, you got to stop. Okay? So you don't want to start the spiral. Because once you get two or three rungs down the spiral, it's a rabbit hole and it's so hard to get out. I watch my mom do it every day. But stop. Right on that top rung, stop. Go have a quick cry in the shower and then get out and say, and shake it off and say, no, 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 I got to stop. Now, if you start recognizing that and you can stop it, easy, okay? If you don't recognize it and you're not aware of it, all of a sudden you'll be halfway down that spiral and you're, oh my God, no, no, you know, and then it's harder and harder to get out. So the minute you start feeling, Stressed, bitter, angry, depressed, sad, da da da. Stop and say, Lord, and literally say, Stop. I'm stopping. Take five seconds and start rehearsing in your mind all the things I'm grateful for in my life. We are so lucky. I can look across this group and see there is none among you that don't have two hands and two feet of things you can count lucky, okay? So I used to stop and, and count. And by the time I got to Ellie, Sam, Jack, by the time I got just to those three, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to have three healthy children. I don't need to go any further. I'm, I am so sorry, Lord, that I, ever even, I'm, that I was a disappointment to you to even let myself get that depressed or sorry, you know? I should be, I should be walking on cloud all day because I have three healthy children and there's people that don't. I'm so lucky. So start, start counting your blessings. Literally, I, and I've even, I'm a big lister. And so I'll list it, you know, I'll get a piece of paper and I'll list them. And when you see and you start writing and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much I do have to be thankful for. I am the luckiest. I'm luckier than 90 percent of the people out there. OK, so stop. That's the first one. The second one is just like I talked about with the lady at the fabric shop. In your daily transactions, all of us do it. All of us go to Starbucks. All of us go to the store, uh, what, you know, the convenience store. All of us go somewhere. All of us deal with someone at work that's in the cubby next to us. All, everybody deals with another human being every day, all day. Start looking for ways to be that encourager. And start with something just really, all you have to say is, I appreciate your help so much. Come on now. Everybody say it with me. I appreciate your help so much. I mean, that's easy. Come on. It's one sentence. You can say that, you know? So instead of just saying thank you when the waitress hands you so-and-so or thank you when the Starbucks, says, thank you so much. I appreciate you and what you're doing. Thank you. So oh, my God. It'll, you'll see that. And what it does is you weren't just giving. You were receiving because when you see that countenance on their face, and oh, thanks for saying that, all of a sudden you're like, I'm a better Christian for doing that. <laughs> And you start to feel like, maybe I am worthy of God's love. Maybe I am. It's, it's encouraging to you to see the difference that you make in someone else's life. Wow. Um, okay. Now, so, and, and then this is, uh, this is really a fun thing. And I, I am a lister, so I do that. But then a friend of mine told me about this way. And it was really interesting and uh, really fun. And I think younger people, too. It, it, it's, it's more their uh, mindset. So she said... Every single solitary day, take your phone, make an album on your phone, and make the album Blessings, or I Am Grateful For. And then every single day, purpose to take three photographs. Two seconds. You can be walking to your car. You know what? I'm thankful that I'm about to get in this car. It's, you know, I'm being able to pay the note every month. I got insurance on it. It's got gas in it, and it's getting me from A to B, where some people are taking that darn bus. 
So click, I am thankful for that car, you know? I am thankful for my friend, beautiful Kimberly. I'm thankful for this new pair of shoes. I love these shoes. I am, whatever. Take a picture of three things. It could be a kid, a grandkid. It could be the beautiful camellia bush in front of your house that you love, those beautiful, it makes you happy to see the, it could be anything. It could be a gorgeous dinner. It could be your husband outside, that son of a gun. But you, <laughs> but maybe he's mowing the grass. And we don't think anything about him mowing the grass, but guess what? If it wasn't him out there, you'd be paying somebody to do it. You'd be right. doing it yourself. So, so click, take a picture of the husband mowing the grass. Right. Okay? Take a picture of something. Three things. Everybody can come up with three things a day. When you really get into it, you start taking six and seven and ten, you know. So then at the end of the week, seven days later, you go, don't look at them before, before then. But at the end of the week, you go and you look at your album and you scroll through and it's like scrolling through blessings. And you start to see this visual montage, this little movie of all the incredible things that God has blessed you with. And you become so focused on the giver instead of the gift that you feel grateful. And that feeling of gratefulness brings joy, unlocks joy. Amen. So when you, when you, come, when you do these things, you're supposed to say, now we're going to close in prayer. So we're going to close. So please bow your heads. That's another thing they say. Please bow your heads. We're going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these women that's in this room today. Father, I pray a special, phenomenal blessing on each and every one of them for their faithfulness of being here, Lord. I thank you, Father, for blessings in all of our lives. But more than anything, Lord, help us to be mindful of those blessings and be grateful every single day for your incredible, incredible blessings. Let us be mindful and and cognizant and aware of your blessings so that depression and sadness and bitterness and, and anxiety and anger has no place in our life to make us weak and make us subject to the devil. We want to be strong, and in that strength, we find joy. And in that joy, we first start with gratefulness to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And she is absolutely correct in talking about joy because, yes, that's what she exudes in everything that she does that I witness. Also, if you have any kids that you want to um, hear and see Bible stories, she has a great um, few video series on children's Bible stories on YouTube. Is that correct? Praise, Praise, Church. Church, Praise Church, Louisiana. Um, I watch them awesome. <laughs> because I love them. So she's modest, but she really is great um, at children's church and getting those Bible stories across to children where they will understand it in its simplicity. I love it. So we're going to now move forward with taking our group picture. Are you ready? Well, get ready. <laughs> with joy. Count it all joy. Yes, so we're going to have... Yes. Yes, ma'am. Good? I'm yes. sorry to just cut in. But oh, no. I know we got to move. You get the job.
Okay, ladies, we're going to get started back up again. As soon as y'all can come on in. I will, okay. Rob, Rhonda can help you with that, Mother. Just give me one. And I'll talk about it. Okay, we got gifts. We got gifts and surprises. Finding money. That would be awesome, huh? Come on, y'all. Come get your gifts. Come get your gifts. We got a little luncheon favor for everybody. But we got a surplus. Y'all ready? My mother went home. She decided she wanted to give all y'all one of her books. So Rhonda's going Rhonda's to gonna help distribute her books. There's a few of you that may already have this one. If you already have this one, then bless somebody else with it. Or give it back to her and pray for her to sell it. <laughs> and, and then... Keep her in prayer. We're in the process of getting her newest book published right now. So we're going to get that all going. And she also went home and got books for these girls to help her get reprinted of some of my dad's. So that's awesome. <laughs> so um, if you weren't here yesterday, my mom did a great job. And all of the ladies did yesterday at the luncheon. I'm going to get up here. We don't know what's going on. But anyway, I'll get up here and it's better. Might be about the speakers. I don't know. Um, maybe so. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Uh, but um, what else I'm going to tell you? Uh, oh, 